Jonathan Emort has been on the show previously. You may remember he's known as the FDA Dragon Slayer because he fights for justice. He's a constitutional law attorney from Virginia, an expert on the Constitution. He's often also an author of five books. I recommend that you go to Amazon right now, put his name in there, Jonathan Emord, and you can pick up those books. And right now he's doing something new that he hasn't, that I don't think he's done before. He's running for U.S. Senate in his home state of Virginia. And you'll never guess who the senator he's running against. It's a Dem, but, you know, on the top 10 worst list Dems, it's um, Tim Kaine, who was Hillary's former running mate. So we're going to give out his website, emord, E-M-O-R-D, for F-O-R-V-A.com. That's emord4va.com. You don't have to live in Virginia to want to see him take out Tim Kaine. So we welcome you to back to the show, Jonathan Emord. Well, thank you for having me. Glad you're here, Jonathan. Now, you are a constitutional attorney, and as I mentioned in bringing you in, uh, obviously our, our Constitution, for whatever reason, is being uh, ignored, and many would like to modify it. Fill us in on the dangers and where we are constitutionally, uh, as far as the peril is concerned, in our nation currently. Jonathan E. Mort. Well, uh, it's no exaggeration to say that the Constitution really is hanging on by a single thread. It's violated with impunity by the president and by Congress, members of Congress who want to pack the Supreme Court, who uh, have no problem whatsoever with a commander-in-chief who doesn't perform his most fundamental duty, which is to defend the United States against invasion. We have this massive invasion destroying our lives, liberty, and property as a result of turning over, effectively turning over the immigration policy of this country to the cartels in in our southern border. And as a result of that, we have MS-13, 18th Street gang members coming across with impunity. We have drug traffickers, sex traffickers, and even terrorists coming across and massive amounts of fentanyl with no uh, substantive action by the the White House, nothing by Congress, uh, the Democrat leadership standing four square behind the president's open borders uh, to the ruin of the country and the violation of his constitutional oath to ensure that the laws be faithfully executed, which includes the immigration laws, and to be commander in chief. But that's just one of many uh, comparable examples of abuse of power in excess of constitutional limits, not least of which is his repeated resort to executive orders to effectively legislate when those matters should have, in the first instance, been brought up before Congress and never should have been the subject of unilateral executive action. That includes the forced masking and and uh, vaccination of the military, people in the government service, and of hospital workers and doctors and nurses and police departments and uh, fire departments all over the country. Looks like we're going back into that regime of authoritarianism once again. When we look at the CDC and its possible involvement in what you've just described as uh, perhaps going back to uh, mandatory, if not uh, recommended, uh, masking, how then does 
organizations um, like CDC, FDA uh, that you've taken on before. How then, uh, explain to our audience, the Red State Talk audience, largest conservative talk audience in the, in the nation, how then do they violate our constitutional rights and what methods are they using to do that that we may or may not be aware of? Talk to us. So the Constitution under Article One, Section 1 makes the Congress of the United States exclusively the source of all federal law. It's unequivocal. It's right there in Article One, Section 1. Congress shall make all laws. The, the reality of our modern era is that three-quarters of all federal law is not the product of those we elect, not Congress's product. It's the product of the unelected heads of over 250 federal agencies that are largely unaccountable to the people and to Congress and to the courts. So we've transformed the Founding Fathers' constitutional republic into a bureaucratic oligarchy. And most people in the United States, if they come into contact with the federal government, will be interacting with an agency. And that's most unfortunate for our rights. And why is that? Because they have combined legislative, executive, and judicial power. The party that accuses you of wrongdoing in an administrative agency is ultimately the judge of your actions at the same time. Prosecutor and judge are combined. Your constitutional rights protected in federal court are not protected in administrative courts. You don't have a right to a trial by jury. You don't have a right to confront your accusers. You don't have a fulsome right of discovery, but the government has uh, the, the use of general warrants against you, which are unconstitutional in the federal judicial system and under the Constitution. So those are among the faults that really harm our rights. But most particularly, you know, the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence lays out the four fundamental principles of our republic. And among those is that just governments derive their powers from the consent of the governed. When you have lawmaking that is unconstitutional, it's not by our consent. And when it occurs with a administrative state where all the powers of government are combined in one, you have tyranny. In fact, that's what James Madison described it as. He said, the combination of any two of the following powers is the very definition of tyranny, legislative, executive, and judicial powers. So they have all three, and they're tyrannical in their operation, and it was no uh, uh, unpredictable occurrence for the Founding Fathers. Indeed, they uh, thought it may happen and warned against it. You know, there are several books that you have written, and one speaks uh, clearly about tyranny and authority, uh, two actually, one, uh, uh, there are two, that one speaks clearly about authoritarianism and the other uh, tyranny. And, and I want, Michelle, I want to I have uh, uh, Jonathan back on as, as often as we can and as time will allow. But uh, tell us about authoritarianism. Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, most of my listeners would understand what uh, a person who is an author who is in authority is all about, but they may not understand the principle or the premise of what it means to be under an authoritarian uh, type of regime. Jonathan, could you shed some light? Sure. Um, it, perhaps the best way to understand it is by contrasting it with what 
other forms of government there are. So our, our form of government was meant to be a republic, and foremost among the priorities of that republic, indeed its very reason for existence, was to protect the rights of the governed. We were to be sovereign and, and given independence in deciding for ourselves what our opinions are and what actions we will take and how we will conduct our daily affairs and commerce. The authoritarian, by contrast, believes that you should not have individual rights, does not believe in individual rights, believes in a thing called collective rights, which is nothing more than a fancy term for government deciding for you what you may or may not do and describing it either as consistent with a public interest or against it. That's antithetical to the Founding Fathers concept. An authoritarian believes that he or she knows better than you do how to conduct your personal affairs and that it's appropriate for that authoritarian to replace your individual judgment and choice with his or her own. And this, of course, is the common characteristic today of the radical left that controls the Democrat Party, of the woke liberal. The woke liberal, unlike uh, historic Democrats of the past, does not believe in civil liberties. If you, if you compare a classical liberal, that is a founding father, with a uh, liberal from the New Deal era, you would have to say that the classical liberal believed in both civil and economic liberty for the individual. Whereas the Democrat liberal of, of times past believed in civil liberties, but did not believe in economic liberty. And now we have the woke liberal who doesn't believe in economic liberty or civil liberty, but believes instead in total control, in no dissent being allowed, in absolute brutal Marxist insistence on compliance and servitude. Let me ask you this. Let me let me jump in right there and ask you this. And I, I, Jonathan, I just want to take a couple more minutes of your time because I know that this is intriguing uh, to our audience. Uh, using uh, you, what you, you've, you've described as far as authoritarianism is concerned, uh, then is that the play that is being made on our children? In our educational systems, uh, is that the message that is being sent to the child, to the child, that the authoritarian in this situation is not the parent, but the, 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 the school board or, or the, the educational system? Is that the, the, the way they're trying to uh, uh, commandeer our children? Talk to us. Yes, exactly. They are trying to replace the parent completely. They are trying to impose upon children a, a critical race uh, uh, mindset in which judgments are made through, through a prism of, race, prism of race to the exclusion of reality. Race is but a pigment. We, we are idiots if we base our judgment on the character of a person predicated on their relative shade of skin. And yet that is precisely what the schools are doing. They're dividing children based on race. They're advancing the interests of some races at the expense of others. They've completely unraveled the civil rights movement and have buried the doctrine of, of Dr. Martin Luther King. And in, in place of it, they now have this fulsome, unconstitutional violation of the Equal Protection Clause called critical race theory. And not only that, they're destroying our children's sense of identity 
by causing them to think that their genders are fluid. They can, they can at will become a girl if they're a boy or a boy if they're a girl. And that type of nonsense, which is really damaging and contrary to basic science, is now being fed to kids from preschool all the way through into college with disastrous consequences. Wow, that that is absolutely, absolutely uh, fascinating. Uh, and I want to continue that conversation because I'd like to expand it the next time that we're on. You mentioned uh, Dr. King, and I, I know that things racially in this country could have had a different outcome if he had lived. But the race hustlers like uh, Jackson and Abernathy and and even Andrew Young, who fill that, that, that void, you and I come from the same era in time, and uh, who fill that void, turned it into a scheme instead of a dream. And and I, I want to talk to you about that and where we have come evo- on, on this, the social evolutionary scale in this country from that time to now. Because, uh, Jonathan, I think that you could shed, uh, and, and man, i got to give you props for being so succinct. Of course, you're an attorney. I mean, you've argued before the, the, the court, the Supreme. So I, I'm not surprised, but many times uh, people are not as clear uh, as you in their expression of ideas. And I certainly do appreciate you coming on here with us today. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and bring you to where they are and help you in any way if they, they can, if they're so inclined. Well, thank you for that. EmordForVA.com is the website. There you can donate to my campaign, which will help enormously. But also, let me say this. Follow me on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter. I guess it's X now. And and that will be helpful, too. I appreciate all the support we can get. And thank you so much for having me on the program. God bless and keep you, Michelle. He's a keeper. we got to have him back often. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Talk to you soon.